Alrighty. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome in and welcome back to another episode of the Ryan's Ramble podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell. I'm your host here on the Frogs Award Network. If you're unfamiliar with what this podcast is, essentially, this is your one-stop shop for all your sports betting needs, college football all throughout the fall, then we're going to hit college basketball later on. But for now, football, football, and more football. My name's Ryan Bennell. If you're unfamiliar with me, I am an associate editor over at Frogs Award. been working there for uh, just over a year now, I'm a senior at TCU, so uh, I love giving my gambling picks. I love doing this podcast. Just want to give a shout out to the Frogs of War family for this opportunity to do this. Um, but before we do get started, since this is a gambling podcast, I do need to say that this is for entertainment purposes only. Uh, the sports betting is not legal in the state of Texas. Frogs of War does not condone or recommend it. What you do with your own money and your free time is your business, but... I am not a financial advisor, so do not take this as financial advice. I just need to get that out of the way and say that. But we have had a hell of a last few weeks on our picks. We have gone 26 and 12, I think it is. But before we talk about last week, let's talk about TCU football just a tad. They're 2-2 two two right now, four straight home games to open the season, two losses to rivals. It is not exactly what you want to see as a Horn Frog fan, but uh, we got to get at least one win against the Texas school this weekend. We play Tech in Lubbock. Weird things happen uh, at night in Lubbock. So I don't know. Part of me feels confident that we should beat them, but Tech just beat West Virginia last week, which that was very surprising to me. I thought West Virginia, they were seven point favorites in that one, the spread. And I thought that was a lock. So. That surprised me, especially considering Henry Collinby is now the starting quarterback again with Tyler Show out. So all we need to do, though, I've said this every episode, if we just continue to feed Zach, if we just give Zach the ball, more than 15 carries a game. If you're listening, Gary, I love you, but please give Zach the ball more. I'm, I'm sure that he's conditioned enough to handle it. He's not going to get tired every two plays he runs. But anyway... We're not here to gallivant on the what-ifs, the what-could-bes of TCU's football season. We're here to talk about college football as a whole, make some picks, find some winners, and have fun while doing it. So first, before we get into any picks, let's talk about what we learned last week. I always like to open my episodes by doing this. It's uh, it's kind of the, the key points that I take away from each weekend and that I use to apply to my future picks, my future lines everything of that sort. So first thing we learned last week in college football is that Georgia's defense is legit beyond belief. Like they are absolutely absurd. They gave up zero points against number eight, Arkansas in a top 10 matchup. And they're now giving up an average of, I think it is 4.6 points per game. That's insane. And they're now in their conference schedule. So that's even more impressive. Uh, I've gone back and forth on Georgia this year, honestly. I originally said that they were going to choke. I Even last week, I think I said that they're going to find a way to choke a game at some point in this season. But based on the looks of it, Georgia is a playoff team right now, without a doubt. Their defense is just... I mean, JT Daniels has been playing all right. I don't think he's as Heisman-worthy as everybody said he was in the preseason, but he's still a great quarterback nonetheless. And he is good enough to lead them to the playoffs, especially with the defense. Kirby Smart's done a hell of a job. So I don't know what to do with Georgia going forward because I thought Arkansas was a lock last week. That's one of my losses on last week's card. But we'll get into last week's card in a second. We'll review it. But next up on what we learned, 
is Cincinnati and BYU out of the group of five. Well, BYU independent. But anyway, they may both have playoff arguments come the end of the season. You know, so BYU has two tough games left on their schedule. They're undefeated right now. They've got to play at Baylor and at USC. Other than that, they should win every game. They've got Boise State this weekend, which is, eh, you could say that's a tough game, but the Broncos are two and three right now. So BYU should be able to handle that. And then you look at Cincy. They just beat Notre Dame. They beat Indiana in a big game, even though the Hoosiers don't look that great this season. With uh, Pennix Jr., they kind of flopped. But anyway, they've won their big games, and they've looked good while doing so. They're on path to go 12-0. All they have to do is beat SMU and UCF both at home. And UCF just lost to a bad, bad Navy team. So that was very surprising. One of the – probably the most shocking upset of the weekend. Um, but regardless, look out for BYU in Cincinnati. I really – really hope the Bearcats go 12 and 0 and get into the playoff you know even if the Big 12 beats itself up come the end of the year and we don't get a playoff spot for our conference we can root for Cincinnati now as our allies because they're coming in a few years but I I just really want to see the little guys get a shot and I think Cincinnati if they go 12 and 0 with their resume they deserve it and they have a legit Heisman contender they have one of the hottest coaches in the country like why not give them a shot I could go on and on about putting Cincinnati in the playoffs forever also, bear with me, guys. I'm a. I woke up this morning feeling a little congested, so I, I got to drink some water every now and then. If you hear me pause abruptly, that is why. But anyway, classic Pac-12 is back. That is another thing we learned this weekend. It seems like nobody wants to make the playoffs, right? We talked. Oregon was a legitimate contender. They looked like a legitimate contender with C.J. Verdell and Anthony Brown. But now C.J. Verdell just suffered a season-ending injury, which is a huge blow. They just got upset by Stanford after Stanford at one point in the game had literally a 1.8% chance to win, according to the ESPN, like, you know, power index. I don't know what it's called. But anyway, ridiculous upset. That was crazy. Uh, and UCLA, too. They were one of the other guys. They were undefeated in conference play at this point. Their only loss was Fresno State. And they just got – beat by what what was it 20 points to Arizona State at home and also that Fresno State team just lost this weekend so that makes UCLA look a little worse I don't know Pac-12 seems like it's going to just beat each other up and their best team is going to come out nine and three maybe ten and two into the conference championship who knows at this point we'll see because I really thought Oregon would have been fine but without CJ Burdell that makes me question a lot of things so Next up, out of the SEC, we learned that Kentucky might actually be a dark horse out of the SEC East, which, as weird as that sounds, the Wildcats are actually a good football team. I mean, I know historically they're all basketball, except for, you know, that blue – their only famous thing is the bluegrass miracle in football. But, hey, they've turned this program around, and this year they're here to prove it. They're 5-0 and right now. They just upset Florida, who, mind you – a lot of people, including myself, had high hopes for Florida after they played a two-point game against Bama. So they beat a good Florida team, even though they had home field advantage. That's still a big, big, big win. They won by seven points. Part of it may be attributed to this huge blocked field goal that they returned for a touchdown in the third quarter. Very low-scoring game, but that's what Kentucky does. They play slow-paced. They are a super defensive-minded team. One of the top 10 defenses actually in the country right now um, all around. So 
Kentucky, I hope to see Kentucky spice things up out of the SEC East. Could you imagine if it's like Bama and Kentucky in the SEC championship? I mean, Bama will win that game by like 30, but it doesn't matter. I still want to see Kentucky in there. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm in the minority there. All right, next up, Brees Hall out of the Big 12. Brees Hall, we I've talked about him in the preseason. I've always thought he's one of the best running backs in the country. Definitely one of the best in the Big 12. I think if you look at the Big 12 running backs with Zach Evans, Bijan Robinson, and Brees Hall, those are really, I mean, honestly, three of the top guys nationwide, and they're all in the Big 12. So, But Brees Hall, we learned that he is still really good at football, and he deserves more attention. He has 413 yards and seven total touchdowns in the last three games, and he has not been getting enough attention. So there really isn't much more to say about that. I just wanted to give some love to Brees Hall because I really like him as a player. I think he's going to do phenomenal things uh, in his career in the NFL. He will probably translate well, but I just wanted to say that he needs more attention. You know, the media needs to talk about Brees Hall again. But I wouldn't mind if everybody started talking about Zach Evans. That's okay with me too because Zach Evans is – Chef's kiss. Beautiful. All right. And then staying in the state of Iowa, not Iowa State, though. Iowa, the Hawkeyes, their defense. Last week, one thing we learned was that the Hawkeyes offense might be a kryptonite. This week, we learned that the Hawkeyes defense is their best offense. They forced seven turnovers against Tagaviola and the Maryland Turpins. In a huge game where a lot of people thought that Iowa was on upset alert, they were only three-point favorites, which we picked, by the way. Got it, you know. But uh, and, and they came out and just handed, just dominated the entire game. It wasn't even close. Um, I, I just I love what I'm seeing from the Hawkeyes. They have another huge game this week, and I do have a pick on that game against Penn State, so stay tuned. That's coming later in the episode. But stay in the Big Ten. Last thing we learned from the last weekend of college football is that the Big Ten is by far, far and away, the most exciting conference to watch in football right now. Iowa has, uh, has Iowa really has no competition out of the West. Even if they lose this game against Penn State, they still have no competition out of the West. Um, they should be a shoe in for the championship game. Uh, Go ahead and book them. They're going to make the championship game, regardless of if they beat Penn State or not. But the Big Ten East, though, absolutely bonkers. Four of the seven teams in the division are undefeated. Top of, Oh, actually, no, no, no. Scratch that. Oh, Ohio State's not undefeated. But four of them are top 11 teams. So that's still absurd. We're going to see some really big matchups in the near future out of the Big Ten East. Yeah, all are undefeated other than Ohio State. Uh, and they lost a non-conference game, though. So all of them are currently undefeated within conference play. But this just makes me wonder what kind of horrible conference – or not conference, but what kind of horrible playoff picture debacle could we see transpire come the end of the season? We've seen a, – a TCU fans know this best. We've seen – you know, pardon my language, but we've seen the bullshit from the playoff committee. They don't – they have bias. They make wrong decisions. They're human. Okay, this isn't the BCS. And with all these Big Ten teams, with Georgia doing well and Bama playing well, it really scares me that we're going to get, I don't know, uh, two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams in the playoffs, which, 
who knows? At the end of the season, that might be the best bet. This has kind of been chaotic so far. Everybody, I mean, look at Clemson. Clemson has two losses. Who would have thought that would have happened at the beginning of the year? So never know. But that wraps up what we learned last week. Now, before we get into this week's card, I know that's what you're waiting for, or at least that's what I'm waiting to get into. But I got to talk about last week's card because, drum roll, we had another winning week. We went 8-4 and four last week. The hot streak continues. After starting a rough, rough, rough 10-17, and 17, we have bounced back, and we are now 36-29, and 26-12 in the last three weeks. So overall in the year, I am at a 55.4 win percentage right now. And no matter what happens, of course, this is for fun. You know, this is all for fun. This isn't financial advice, so it doesn't matter if we win. But I want to win, okay? I want to win. This is for pride. This is also because I want to give you guys winning picks. Like, I don't want to give you bad advice if you're, if you you know, if, if you do follow these picks, that would make my day too. But another conversation. Anyway, about some of my picks last week, we're doing well. We're going to keep riding the confidence into next week or this weekend, I mean. But let's talk about some of those picks that we won and lost last week. So my protest worked. I said I was protesting these ridiculous over-unders in the Bama game. It was set at 80 against Ole Miss, and it finished at 42-21, I think it was. So very comfortable under for me, and, and that made me day, my day because I was very terrified considering, like, Four of the last five Bam Ole Miss games have broken 80 points, which is just crazy to think about, especially whenever you think about how good Bama's defense is. Ole Miss always finds a way to score points on them. But that Arkansas game, that's another pick. Talked about it a little bit. Georgia, that was painful to watch. We we went one and one on picks because we had the under of 49 and a half, and it, it scored 37-0. But we also had Arkansas spread of plus 17 and a half. And, woo, they looked, they looked really bad <laughs> they got exposed i'm not sure what to think of arkansas right now um, i'm staying away from their their plays their lines for at least the next week or two um other than that though i i dabbled on this in my intro but texas tech they beat west virginia outright that came out of left field i had west virginia minus four for the first half and of course i should have been on the third quarter because the mountaineers won that 17 to zero but Tech won the first half 17-0, and that was one of my losses. But let's not harp on the L's. Let's talk about one of my other wins. Bowling Green is a covering wagon. They are undefeated 5-0 against the spread at this point in the season. They just covered plus 17 last weekend against Kent State uh, following a huge upset win against Minnesota. I'm talking 31-point underdog winning outright type of upset. So that one – Really made my day as well. But the only Debbie Downer about last week before we move into this week's picks is uh, we went one and two on our tier one picks. You know, we've we've been undefeated the last two weeks in our tier one picks. That was that's what we want. You know, we want our most confident picks. They're the most confident picks for a reason. Those are the ones that should be winning more. So we went one and two, but that's okay. It's bound to happen every now and then. Uh, we had Baylor and Oklahoma State. I had the over, and it was way slower than expected. That finished at, what was it, 28-14. Uh, the Cowboys got the win. Tough game for Baylor. A lot of people thought that was their prove-it game to prove that they were worth a top 25 ranking, and I did not believe they were, and uh, neither did the universe, apparently. So other than that, didn't believe in Arizona State, and I still don't, but 
they kind of screwed me over because I had UCLA minus three is one of my tier one picks and they blew out UCLA on the road. I still don't believe in Arizona state. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit because they're on my card as well, but that wraps up the synopsis of last week, what we learned and last week's picks. Now let's talk about this week. I honestly am forgetting what week of college football we are in, you know, with, with NFL and college football being on different weeks, it, it throws my brain in a head spin every now and then. I think we're on week five, week six. I know this is episode eight, I believe, of the podcast. I don't know. My brain's all over the place. I'm. It's been a, a crazy 24 hours. And right after I record this, I'm leaving for the A&M Alabama game, which I'm actually super excited for, even though for the first time, I know you, you can shun me, you can shame me as a TCU fan. But this is like my first TCU game where I have fully had the capability of attending and I chose to do something else. But hear me out. I don't, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I say it like it's a bad thing because I feel, I don't know, I feel partially guilty. But just because I've bled purple my whole life, so it feels weird. But like, I don't know. I've never, I feel like I'm never going to have an opportunity to see Alabama play. It's kind of one of those things. I have a buddy that goes to AM, so I'm meeting up with him. And even though Annam's probably going to get crushed by like 30 points, Kyle Field with over 100,000 people, that's we can hate on AM as much as we want, but that's a hell of an atmosphere. And I really just kind of have to take the opportunity to, to experience that. But trust me, I will be in Lubbock in spirit. I will be rooting for the Frogs. And speaking of the Frogs, let's see what the odds makers have set for them this weekend. TCU are minus two and a half point favorites to uh, at least whenever I last checked. So I believe that's still the line. It changes, fluctuates every now and then. But TCU are two and a half point favorites, and the over-under is set at 60. Um, But something about the spread that's interesting is the Frogs have not covered a spread all season. They have three losses and a push against Duquesne to open the year. So I would say I'm leaning towards um, TCU to cover the spread because I would like to think that we're not going to go two and three. I would like to think that we get a road win, uh, get the saddle trophy. But I don't know, man. It's been a it's been a real a weird season. So if I'm going to make a pick, I'm going to say that the over of 60 is the play. Uh, Tech's offense is capable enough to put up 30 points probably on our abysmal defense. Unless something turns around, I know Gary Patterson said we're getting a lot of guys like Corey Bethley, George Ellis, a few other guys back from injury. Ooh, excuse me. That was a weird hiccup. But anyway, Noah Daniels and like uh, Kyrie Coleman are coming. They're going to be more involved. So maybe we could see something different from the defense. Hopefully we do. But I think the over of 60 is the best play if you want to make a play on this TCU game. As always, though, personally, I stay away from uh, betting on TCU games because, of course, I'm biased. Even if I try and hide all my bias, it's still underlying somewhere in me. And also, it just makes the games less fun, Like, which is ironic because I'm always the guy that says sports betting is makes sports better. It makes sports way more fun. It makes it way more entertaining. But as a fan of a team, I don't want to sit there stressing out the entire game like, oh, my God, I need them to score seven points by the end of this quarter and then we're on track for this like no i just want to watch the game i want to watch my team win 
And then if they cover the spread after the game, I'm always like, I knew it. I knew I should have bet on him, but that's part of being a gambler. It is what it is. Now, that is my recommendation for the TCU play would be 60, the over. But enough about that. Let's get into it. Our card for, shoot, I already said I forgot what week it is. It's week five. I hope it's week five. I don't know. Anyway, this Saturday, tomorrow, because this is going to be published on Friday. So tomorrow, here are my picks. Here's my full card, starting with tier three. If you're unfamiliar with the system, tier three are my least confident picks. We work our way up all the way up to tier one, where those are my favorite picks, my locks of the of the weekend. So let's get right into it. Tier three, starting out, we're going Michigan State minus five at Rutgers. So if you follow, quick little shout out, Stats of War on Twitter, um, he has very pretty cool advanced stats models uh, that have done some pretty accurate predictions in the past. And this gives MSU a 64% chance to win, but the score prediction is exactly at like five point difference, but it's like 5.08. And if it's over five, we ride, all right? So give me Sparty minus five. But in all seriousness, uh, uh, Sparty's the better team here. Rutgers, I think the only reason this line is as small as it is is because Rutgers played a close game with Michigan. Uh, they were, But last week, they were 15-point underdogs in Ohio State. A lot of people were picking them to cover that spread, but then they got blown out by 39. I, I think Michigan State... Although I don't know if they should be ranked number 11, I think they are a legitimate top 25 team, maybe around more closer to the 20 range when it's all said and done this year. But yeah, I like Sparty a lot um, as a tier three pick. I have another pick actually that's in tier one. So the only reason I, it's in tier three is again, because that small spread, sometimes they make me nervous whenever Vegas has a line completely different than to what I thought it would have been. I would have probably said Michigan State like minus seven, minus eight. But again, what do I know? I'm just a... I don't know. I'm just a degenerate sports gambler. I'm not a genius. Actually, no, I don't even know how you, I don't even know what kind of people or odds makers or how you get into it or I, I don't know, but I'm kind of curious. I feel like that would be a fun job to have being an odds maker setting the line because they know a lot. They do a lot and they're so ridiculously accurate. It's insane. I could talk about that for days, but next pick on tier three is Alabama. I'm going to this game. I just talked about this. Give me the Crimson Tide minus 17 and a half over AM on the road. I know this is a huge spread, but it's Alabama. All right. What more do I need to say? It's Alabama. They're currently two and one against the spread against power five opponents. Their only loss was to Florida in that two-point ball game. Meanwhile, AM is 0-3 against the spread against P5 opponents. So Aggies got exposed last week against Mississippi State in a game that they should have won. Um, that Arkansas loss was explainable, but not necessarily that Mississippi State game. Um, they lost their quarterback early on in the season, which that's going to be a big blow for anybody. And I forget his name, but their current quarterback is just not – he's not re- – you can tell he's not ready to take on this role. He came into a top-10 team with that had a lot of expectations going into the year, and it seems like that was just a weight too heavy for his shoulder. And their defense – I will give them credit. The Aggies defense is still really good, even though they gave up 400 passing yards against Mississippi State. But if they gave up 400 passing yards against Mississippi State, Bryce Young and John Mechie are going to combine for like, they're going to, he's going to throw for 200 yards to Mechie alone and probably put up 500 yards, maybe a million, who knows. So Bryce Young is much, much, much better than anybody Mississippi State has. 
Um, and I think he'll probably find a way to torch the Aggies defense, even with the environment. I will say I'm nervous for the first quarter, first half, even though I usually like those kind of bets for Alabama. But at Kyle Field, man, that atmosphere, I feel like it's going to be rocking in the first quarter. Oh, I can't wait to be there. I'm gonna. It, I have been this one, so I'm. I'm gonna be wearing a fake Aggie polo, you know, to fit in with the crowd. But I'll be secretly rooting for Alabama to, uh, to get this this pick to fruition. I actually also have another pick in tier three on that game. I'm gonna take the over as well, over fifty point five in the Bama A and M game. I was tempted to take the Bama team total over thirty four and a half, but I think legitimately Bama might cover this spread themselves. But I'm hoping that because of the hype and the atmosphere and everything that the Aggies will be able to at least score a touchdown or two. Um, it's going to be hype. This is, it's going to be a hype atmosphere. Points should be scored. I hope um, the Alabama offense is averaging, I think like 40 something points a game. So even with the Aggies esteemed defense, Bryce Young and co should be able to go to work and, and put up just, they might be able to break the over by themselves. So I got Alabama covering the spread and the over in that ball game. Now, this one is a bit a step down from SEC uh, football, but we got New Mexico plus 19 and a half at San Diego State. We're going with the Mountain West here, and there really isn't much to explain about this pick other than the fact that it is strictly a system play. So if you're unfamiliar with systems, it's kind of the smart analytical nerdy way of going about sports betting where it has it's been over years there are certain variables and factors that contribute to this uh system per se and it tracks all the data tracks everything and makes picks based on which line relates to history and like past lines so with this spread it is about road underdogs with low totals so essentially in a game where there's a team who's an underdog by double digits or more and it is a low over-under, which is typically set like under 45 points. And in this one, the over-under is only 42 and a half. Chances are they're, the favorite will win, but they will not win by that much. If it's expected to be this low scoring of a ball game, I don't know. And also the Lobos are 0-5 against the spread right now. I feel like they're due for a win. Vegas they even it out somehow. You know, they've got to even it out somehow. So I feel like Lobos are the play here. Follow the system. It has a win percentage, I think, of 61% with like a 20% ROI um, uh, since like in the last 10 years. So pretty solid system. Got that off the Action Network app. Uh, always use that to track everything. Follow me on there too. If uh, that, if you use that at all, follow me. Just search my full name, Ryan Bennell, and you can see all my picks I make, not even just my college football picks. If that's your thing, if you fancy that. All right. Now to round up my tier three picks, we're going Wake Forest at Syracuse over 57.5. For some reason, I keep loving these orange game totals. I'm two and one so far on Syracuse over under picks, but I like this one again. I'm taking the over. I think the Demon Deacons, Wake Forest, their offense is crazy fast paced. They've averaged 38.4 points per game at this point in the year, and they gave up 34 points to Louisville on defense last game, which if you're rooting for an over, that's a good sign. You want bad defense. You want points. So I don't think that um, Wake Forest uh, – what, what am I trying to say here? Um, not that, No, I'm trying to say that Syracuse isn't necessarily better than Louisville, 
But I think their offense is probably on par or most compatible with Louisville compared to Wake Forest's other components. So I feel like Hughes will be able to put up some points. They have that Heisman running back, Sean Tucker, I believe it is, who's been putting up ridiculous numbers. So I was very tempted to make a play at Q's plus five and a half. So that might even be like a last minute personal play. Stay tuned in the comment section. But I do really like the over of 57 and a half. Um, but I'm nervous because it moved, actually. I think it might actually be at 59 by the time I'm recording this. But whenever I made all my picks, it was at 57 and a half. So that's what we're rolling with. Give me the over. All right. Ooh, I We're on to tier two now. I need some water. I got, I don't know, I got all nasally. The show must go on. Whew. Let's get into it. All right. First up on my tier two, this is my medium level confidence pick. I'm going Stanford plus 13 and a half at Arizona State. I talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but I still do not believe Hermie and the Sun Devils. I I don't know why, but I did not. I still didn't like what I saw in that 20-point win over UCLA. I think UCLA actually showed more bad things than Arizona State did good things. So I think we overestimated the Bruins, and that Fresno State loss makes them look a lot worse now. So, But looking at Stanford, though, they show up in – Arguably, their two biggest games of the season so far. They've showed up and came to play and came away with big upsets on the road at USC and last week at home against Oregon. They, they've they showed up. I mean, nobody had high expectations for Stanford coming into the year, myself included, as nobody really should. They didn't look good. They were a downward-trending program. But they've played in big games before, and a lot of them. They know how to handle it, and they've proved it this year. So this is another big game, another big opportunity for them. Arizona State is a ranked team, and although I think Arizona State will probably come away with the win, Stanford plus 13.5 is a very, very big spread. That being said, I will be really, really sad if they end up losing by 14 and it loses by 0.5 points. But alas, we live and we learn. All right. Next up on Tier 2, I was very tempted to put this one on my Tier 1 picks, but we're going with Virginia Tech plus 1 versus Notre Dame at home. 90% of the reason I am taking this line is because it is a home game at Lane Stadium, and Virginia Tech is a different... Oh, it's a night game, too. So you know Inner Sandman is going to be bumping. You know the student section is going to be rocking. Notre Dame's barely going to be able to hear themselves think. Lane Stadium is one of the best atmospheres in the country. And also, I've said this time and time again, and I will continue to repeat it for as long as I need to until everybody in the country understands that Notre Dame are the biggest frauds in the history of college football, and they don't even deserve to be in any sort of playoff conversation ever. Not Never. Never again. I don't care what kind of recruits they bring in. They can go 12-0 next year. I don't care. Still frauds. Still frauds. Always overrated. I, oh, did I just <sighs> getting me heated? I hate Notre Dame, but they're bad. You should know this by now. Uh, they proved it. Not to say that I don't want to sound like I'm discrediting Cincinnati for, you know, Notre Dame losing to them last week. Cincinnati's a great football team, played a great game, but Notre Dame really struggled to move the ball and it exposed a lot of issues for them. So, another, and that was a home game too for them. So, now going on the road, this is going to be a really tough task at Lane Stadium. 
Um, bring on the inner Sandman, baby. I can't wait to hear it. Plus, a little bit of sharp action on the Hokies. Um, Virginia Tech is receiving the minority. They're getting 48% of public bets. But at the same time, 74% of the bets are being placed. Oh, I said that wrong. Sorry. 48% of public bets are on VT, while 74% of the money is with VT. So they're getting less of the public bets, but more of the money, which typically means that big, heavy bettors, pro bettors are siding with VT. So I'm going to roll with it. It's a very small spread, plus one. I think they actually, I mean, realistically, they're going to win the game. That's why I'm picking this. Uh, that plus one is just the cushion for the odd happening that they lose on a last second field goal and only lose by one point. That'll be a push and it wouldn't be a loss. So that'd be better than a loss. Take VT plus one. I really like that one. Was really tempted to put it in tier one. I'm always, it's hard to decide where to put these picks, man. Like I tell you, I, I always have them all laid out and what I want to pick, but then I have to, and some of them I know for sure. Like I'm like, this one's tier one. That's, I, I know that one. But some of them I have to really think like, huh, do I want to put this in tier three? Because of course I don't want to lose picks, but if I'm going to lose picks, I would rather them be in tier three than tier one. Okay. You know, just for my credibility sake. Um, but now I, I don't have that many tier two picks this week. Uh, to round it out, I have West Virginia at Baylor over 44 points. Last week I had the Baylor over. That was one of my losses in tier one, but West Virginia, they've had su surprisingly high scoring games other than that 23-20 game against Tech, which was another surprising game. But part of me feels like West Virginia is going to win this game. I really wanted um, – I, I, I was leaning towards taking West Virginia spread, but I'm feeling – I have a better feeling that points are going to be scored in this. Uh, it's at McLean Stadium, and for some reason, Baylor – combined points are just ridiculous in McLean stadium compared to their road games. So I don't know. I have a good feeling Mount the Mountaineers last week were dumbfounded in the first half down 17, zero. We talked about that, but then they came back. They had a 17, zero third quarter. They bounced back. They looked like maybe the West Virginia offense that we've known since last year. Cause they haven't really lost any key guys They're really the same group from last year, but they should not be a two and three team. I think after losing to Tech last week, and they only lost to Oklahoma on a last-second field goal. Let's not forget that, folks. So I think after those losses, they're really going to come out here fiery. They're going to want to get a big win against a Baylor team that you know people have said deserves to be ranked. They've already, they were ranked last week, so Baylor's already made their mark this season. It's time for West Virginia to make theirs, and they're going to want to come out and get on the board. They're going to score points, and Baylor's offense, they're bound to score points too especially in a home game. So I think another reason for this pick is it is absurdly low. 44 points for an over-under in a Big 12 is crazy. Who remembers the days when they were all like 70, 80? Uh, it's absurdly low. I know Baylor's kind of in a quote-unquote new era per se, but it's still low for the Bears and low for the Mountaineers. Uh, but the reason it didn't go to Tier 1 is because of the low number. It, it just scares me a little bit. So that was my decision making on why this one is in tier two but anyways now this is what we've all been waiting for my absolute favorite picks we have quite a few more actually than we normally do i usually only go with about three tier one picks but i think this is our most populated section this week i have six of these bad boys Whew, all right one sec let's get into it 
I had to get my sip sip there, you know? All right, first one, like I said, whenever I decide my tier one picks, sometimes they just scream to me and they're like, oh, that's a lock. That is a lock. This is one of them. Uh, Georgia Tech minus four on the road at Duke. This one feels eerily obvious. You know, it feels like everybody will be jumping on this line and the public is heavily in favor with Georgia Tech. So that's the only reason I'm nervous. But I think in the grand scheme of things, this is insulting to be only four point favorite against favorites against Duke road game or not for Georgia tech. They're eight Georgia tech is going to do what they do best in this ball game. They're going to run the ball. Uh, Duke is really not a good football team. If you look at it, but GT back to that running offense, 18th ranked rushing offense against the 81st ranked rush defense with Duke. I uh, don't let Duke's three and two record fool you. That is another reason. I think this line might be there. Duke's 3-2 record, their only wins are against Kansas, a terrible, terrible Northwestern team, and North Carolina A&T. Yeah, North Carolina A&T. So Kansas and NC A&T are basically both FCS teams, let's be honest. Northwestern is playing on the level of an FCS team this year. And then also, sorry, I got the hiccups all of a sudden. Also, in their season opener against Charlotte, the Blue Devils lost. Come on, bro. You can't be losing to Charlotte. Uh, I guess at the same time, Georgia Tech lost to NIU. But they've bounced back. They've showed that they can at least uh, compete. They competed with Clemson. They upset UNC. But then last week, they got blown out by Pittsburgh. So they've been back and forth all over the place. Um, but no, I think Georgia Tech is by far the better team. They're going to run all over Duke. They're going to run down their throat in this one. So take the Yellow Jackets minus four. All right. Next up, I teased this one in my intro, but I'm taking Iowa money line, not the spread. Iowa money line minus 130 versus Penn State at home. I think the home field advantage is going to play a huge, huge factor in this game. If this was at Happy Valley, I might be picking opposite. Um, but Penn State has had four straight home games up until this point, and this is going to be a rude awakening for their first road test. Even though I picked Penn State in their wideout game, uh, looking back at that, it actually kind of makes me more confident for this Iowa pick because even with that atmosphere, you know, Penn State had some shaky moments in there. They only won by eight points. They still covered the spread, covered that pick whenever I had it, but I don't know. Uh, they only beat them by one possession, and Auburn has looked shaky since then. So I think I give the edge in this in this ball game though as, for quarterback to Sean Clifford. Over uh, Petrus is his name, the Iowa quarterback. But I still think that Clifford's not good enough to get past the Iowa defense. And the Iowa defense is good enough to put their offense in position to score points, even with his, how slow and rough that offense is. This could legitimately be like a 10-7 to 7 ball game. So I'm, I'm 100% staying away from the over-under, which I think is like 40.5. But I do love the Hawkeyes' money line. One of my favorite picks. Home field advantage is going to be huge in this. And as we said before, Big Ten, it's going to be the most entertaining conference of the year. Starting, this is one of the biggest matchups already. Uh, number three versus number four, a top five matchup. So you better be watching this game. I forget what time it starts. I think it's actually a 2.30 game. So everybody will have their eyes on this one in the country. Next up, we're going to the SEC. LSU. At Kentucky, that dark horse we mentioned before, I'm riding with the under of 52. 
who would have thought at this point Kentucky Wildcats would be five and zero and competing in the SEC East? I, not me, that's for sure. They've turned it around, but I mentioned their defense at the beginning of the episode. Their defense is really, 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 really good. They are third against the pass, fourth against the run, and they have the number one overall defense in yards per play allowed. Meanwhile, LSU is 76th offensively in yards per or yard, yeah, yards per play. So that is a good sign for the under. I think this is going to be a very slow-paced ball game. Kentucky's defense is going to set the tone. They're going to control the pace of play. And 52 is a pretty, pretty average, I'd say, over under for Kentucky. Kentucky's been hitting unders that were below 50, even in the 46, 47 range. They've been having 27-point ball games. They had like a 16-10 outing against South Carolina. It was 20 to 13 against Florida. So I'm rolling with the low-scoring, slow-paced ball game. I think this is going to be a close game, but I think Kentucky should win, and they should win in a, a low-scoring, kind of boring game. All right, second-to-last pick, we got Michigan, the Wolverines. I've been riding high on Harbaugh and his boys this year. We're taking Michigan minus three on the road at Nebraska. The Cornhuskers are undefeated against the spread. And that stops now. Michigan's coming to town to put a damper on their parade. Uh, I am terrified a bit because of how close the spread is. Michigan really should be favored in this game by like six. But regardless, we are going to ride with the Wolverines until they give us a reason not to. Been high on them all year. Still high on them. I really don't see Michigan losing a game until uh, either Penn State or Ohio State maybe. But a couple episodes ago, I made the bold prediction that Michigan's going to upset Ohio State this year at the end of the year. And I still am holding myself to that prediction. I still do believe it. But Nebraska is – I think that 5-0 and record against the spread has really – I don't know. It's given them a boost here. It's given them an overcorrection on the market. Michigan should win this game. Michigan were underdogs in their last game against Wisconsin. We had them last week. And they won by 21 points, 38-17. So – they should win by – I think they should win this one by 10-plus even against Nebraska. But the Cornhuskers have been playing everybody close. So um, I will proceed with caution. But I think Michigan, you know, seventh-ranked rush offense in the country. They should have their way with Nebraska. I like that one a lot. But I will say for, proceed with caution, which I don't say on a lot of Tier 1 picks, but proceed with caution on that. All righty. That brings us to our last pick of this weekend's card. We're staying in the state of Michigan, and we're going with Michigan State this time. We already have one pick on this game, but it's back in Tier 3. We took uh, Michigan State minus 5. But I'm going with Sparty. Team total over 27.5 at Rutgers. So if you're not familiar with team total bets, instead of the over-under for combined points, team total is literally I only need Michigan State and Michigan State only to score more than 27.5 points. So four touchdowns, and that's a winning pick for us. So um, they are 35 – or sorry, Michigan State is 35th currently in the country for plays per minute, and they had an impressive 10.9 passing yards per attempt a week ago, which I really like in terms of this, whereas Rutgers has given up quite a few points other than their one low-scoring fluke in Syracuse. Uh, like they gave up 52 against Ohio State last week. So I think this low total is a gift because there's a chance of rain. 
in the forecast. So the over-under has been affected by that. I think the game total set at 50. I would also like the, the whole game over-under of 50.5. I think Rutgers can score a couple touchdowns. But I am more confident that Michigan State gets at least 28 points in this one. This is not the normal Mike D'Antonio offense that we're used to. We're used to a, a you know ground-and-pound, in-your-face type game plan. But they've been more gung-ho this year. They're averaging 37.8 points per game. And so to ask for them to get 10 points less than their average, that seems like a gift to me. I'm taking Sparty to hit their team total this weekend to round out this week's card on Ryan's Ramble. Oh, oh, wow, we are at 45 minutes. I just checked. All right, well, that rounds out our card. Whether you tail or fade, you ride with my picks or not, that is up to you. But as always, I would love to hear what you guys have to say, what you guys have planned for this weekend, what picks you're making, anything that went right, went wrong last week. Let me know in the comments. I love seeing that. Love hearing some feedback from you guys. So as always, appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, make sure to check me out on social media. I'm over at RyanBanel8 on Twitter. If you also want to see more of my content, uh, you can find links in my bio on Twitter and everything. I have some more, a couple podcasts and more blogs, everything like that. So check me out on social media. Uh, shout out Frogs of War family, as always, for this opportunity. Thanks for listening. I'll be back again next week with another betting card. But for now, have a safe trip. If you're a Horn Frog fan going out to Lubbock, Best of luck. Safe travels going uh, on the way to Lubbock. Weird stuff happens there, man. So let's go. Let's go get a win. Let's go get a win. Hopefully the Horn Frogs can come back with a winning record. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.